Father, bless these words to our hearts in Jesus' name. Turn in your Bibles, please, to Deuteronomy 31. In verse 6, be strong and of good courage. Young people, learn this. Hold on to this. Be strong and of good courage. You're going to meet things in your life that are going to challenge that. There are going to be situations with people, maybe situations with your job, school, health, whatever it is. No matter what the situation, God always says this, be strong and of good courage. Do not fear or be afraid of them, for the Lord your God, He is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. It is possible in those times when you need to be strong and have good courage that you feel like God is distant from you. He's never going to be distant from you. It is an impression that we get that's often based on our circumstances and our response to those circumstances. God calls you the apple of his eye. That means, literally, you're the little man in God's eye. Now, consider what that requires. If you saw the reflection of God's eye, you'd be looking at you. That's what he's saying. That means that his attention is so closely on you that you're actually reflected in his eye. So when he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you, he's saying, you will never leave my complete attention. You will never lose that. I will never stop thinking about you. I will never stop considering you. I will never stop helping you. I will never stop being there for you. I will never stop my relationship with you and I'll never stop being active in your life. Now, it would be really impossible for God to stop being active in your life. Do you know why? Because He lives inside of you. It's like saying, I can stop interacting with the things on earth. Well, how am I going to do that? I'm breathing, aren't I? He lives inside of you. There's absolutely no way for Him to stop interacting with you. There's no way for Him to stop being faithful to you. Because that's His nature and that's where he is. You're going to find things that are going to scare you. If you let them. God says, be strong, don't be afraid. Now what does it mean to be strong? God called Abraham strong. In Romans 4.20 it says, He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Being strong is not that you have a lot of ability in yourself. Usually people who trust in their own ability, they're the weakest of the bunch. Being strong is something that comes outside of you. Trusting God in all your ways and leaning not on your own understanding in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, that's where you're going to find strength. What is fear? Let's look at it this way. What is fear? Fear is a prediction. No one is ever afraid of what is present. Never. I don't care if somebody is holding a gun to your head. No one is ever afraid of what is present. 
What we're afraid of is our prediction of the future. Somebody's standing there holding a gun to your head. It's not the fact that they're holding a gun to your head. It's your thought, what's he going to do next with this? That's what's scaring you. Fear is always a projection into the future. But you don't have to worry about the future. God has that all in his hands. The word of God says that he knows the end from the beginning. Everything is set as far as God goes. He sees the whole thing. He knows what's coming. He knows what is. He knows what was. He has everything planned out. And there is absolutely no way anything can happen to you that he does not give the okay for. I remember reading the story of a soldier in Iraq. He said he could hear the bullets coming at him. Because when they're shooting at you, you can't actually hear the bullets. That's what the soldiers say. And you know where they're going by the sound. And he said the bullet was coming right at him. And then the bullet went right around him. And then it continued behind him. What happened there? God happened there. Nothing could happen, even if it was a bullet coming at this guy, that God did not have in control. God said, you're not going to be shot today. Not going to happen. Doesn't matter what they do. They can throw a missile at you. It's not going to hit you today. In the first Iraq war, there was a Christian. God told him in the middle of the night, take a walk. Kind of an odd thing to do at 3 o'clock in the morning, but that's what God told him. So he gets up out of bed. He takes a walk. He is in Saudi Arabia. While he is outside of his barracks, an Iraqi missile comes and lands on top of the barracks. The only Iraqi missile that actually hit its target. This guy wasn't there. He would have been, but this guy wasn't there. Why? He had nothing to be afraid of. God was taking care of him. God taking care of you is a very practical reality. Years ago, I was at a restaurant with a bunch of missionaries. And God told me, give this guy $5. You can tell how long ago that was because you could buy lunch for $5. And God told me, give this guy $5. And I said to God, God, I don't sure if I have $5. He said, you have 15 Give him $5. I looked in my wallet, I had $15. I gave him $5. I said to God, God, I need that back today because I got to go somewhere and I need the gas. By the end of the day, I had that $5 back. Somebody just up and gave me five bucks, clear out of nowhere. You see, God always takes care of you. There's never an instant when God doesn't take care of you. Fear is a prediction of the future, but the prediction is never based in reality. It's always based when I look by sight at my circumstances. Nothing can touch anyone that God does not permit. If God permits it, then it's for our sake. Second Corinthians 4.15 There's never a time when you have to be afraid. God is extremely intimate. He's extremely concerned. He's extremely active. He is extremely in control all the way to controlling the path of a bullet. 
He knows exactly what's coming. He knows when it's coming. He knows how it's coming. He knows who's involved. He knows what's going on. And you never have to be afraid. In Psalm 64, it says that people may plot against you behind your back, but their own plotting will turn on them. You never have to be afraid. Even if you're not aware of what's going on, God is. And God will even take care of you when you're completely unaware that you need to be taken care of. There's never a time that you have to be afraid. There's always, there's always the opportunity and the ability to be strong and to have courage. Courage is simply, I trust God. That's it right there. I trust God. That is courage. Sometimes people think, well, courage is the ability to put your fear aside. And how are you going to do that? You have to trust something in order to put your fear aside. We Christians have the ultimate source of courage. We can trust God and know that He's going to come through for us because every promise of God is faithful. Every promise of God, God says, yep, I will absolutely do it for you. If I promised it, I will do it for you. You never have to worry about it. Every promise of God is a good promise. And you live by the promises of God. So when I have the promises of God, I can just turn to a promise and I bring it to God and say, God, this is your promise. This is my situation. I need your help. And God says, yep, sure enough. I will do it. And he always does. Because he can't deny his own promises. He can't go against himself. So you have complete courage all the time. You never have to be afraid. But remember, courage is not a boastful thing. Courage is not a proud thing. Courage is simply, I trust God, I know God, and I'm not afraid because I know God. And therefore, I have courage. It's not something I try to work up. It's simply the way that I think. If you think with the promises of God, nothing can scare you. If you start looking around at your circumstances, then you'll be nervous. What happened to Peter when he got out of the boat? Jesus says, come on. He says, if this is you, God, one time Peter wasn't presumptuous. If this is you, Jesus, bid me to come. Jesus says, okay, come on. He gets out of the boat. He's doing great. And then he starts looking around. Now, he had reason, you could say. There was a hurricane. Actually, it says a storm. It was much more than a storm. It was a hurricane. He's walking on the water in a hurricane. That's kind of crazy. And yet there's Jesus. And Peter says, oh, that's Jesus. I can be there too. He gets out of the boat with him. And then he starts looking around. And the natural thinking kicks in. Wow, this is a storm. This is water. These are waves. I'm walking on this. This doesn't work. And he starts to sink. Before anything else happens, Jesus grabs him. Even if you doubt, he takes care of you. Even if for a season you stop believing him, he takes care of you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. There's never a moment, not even in failure, not even in sin, that God will not take care of you. Because he is faithful. He loves you beyond your mistakes. He loves you beyond your sin. He loves you beyond your weaknesses. Those are not issues to him. The big issue, the only issue to God is that he loves you. 
and that's his motivation, that's why he does everything he does, is because he loves you. That's not going to change, ever. Now, the thing about fear, and we see this in 1 Samuel 13, and starting in verse 6, Israel was facing the Philistines, and Saul was king at the time. Now, the Philistines were no shabby army. Those guys today would be considered a superpower. You could say they were kind of like, I don't know, the Chinese or the Americans or Russians or whoever the superpowers are now. And it says there, when the men of Israel saw that they were in danger, for the people were distressed, then the people hid in caves and thickets and rocks and holes and in pits. Well, everybody ran away. Can you imagine you got this army and everybody runs away? Oh, there's the enemy, let's go. And then it says, and some Hebrews crossed over the Jordan to the land of Gad and Gilead. They took off. As for Saul, he was in Gilgal, and all the people followed him trembling. Then he waited seven days according to the time that was said by Samuel. Now Samuel did tell him, you wait here seven days, I'll be back in seven days, then we'll offer a burnt offering and we're going to go to war. Everything will be fine. But Samuel, it didn't look like he was going to show up. He waited seven days. I guess he wanted him there in the morning. I don't know. Then he waited seven days, according to the time set by Samuel. But Samuel did not come to Gilgal, and the people were scattered from him. So Saul said, bring a burnt offering and a peace offering here to me. And he offered the burnt offering. Now it happened, as soon as he had finished presenting the burnt offering, that Samuel came. This is what it works like with God. God's not in a hurry. But he's not late either. Remember, God knows the time of everything. The fact that I don't know when something will happen, the fact that I don't know how something will happen, the fact that I don't know if it will come through, of course it will come through, he said it, but we're kind of funny this way, we'll say that to ourselves anyway, well, will he really do it? The fact that things aren't working according to my plan and my schedule doesn't mean that God has left his plan and his schedule. My plan and my schedule mean nothing in the plan of God. Remember that. My plan and my schedule mean nothing in the plan of God. So, Saul makes this offering he was not supposed to. It was not his place. It was Samuel's place. And Samuel came right after he finished making it. Sometimes God will come right after we think he should have come. Well, you should have come because I wouldn't have been afraid is basically what they're saying. Well, you don't have to be afraid. You've got promises. Samuel promised he was good to the promise. He did come. Saul got afraid because he saw all his army leaving in the face of the Philistines. Now, he made a huge mistake when he got afraid. He got afraid because he started looking at the appearance of things. And then, when things didn't go the way he had anticipated in his own estimation, he started doing things that God did not say for him to do. 
We do that too sometimes. When people get afraid, they panic. When people get afraid, they'll start to try to control the circumstance by themselves, but we have no ability to control our circumstances. When people get afraid, they start to step outside of the will of God, trying to deal with their fear. And that can really trip them up. That event right there was why Saul lost the kingdom. Because he would not obey and the reason why he would not obey was fear. God says, don't be afraid. Just do what I tell you. Don't be afraid. The promises are for you. Don't be afraid. The relationship with God is there for you. Don't be afraid. Prayer is there for you. Don't be afraid. Whatever you do, don't be afraid. Fastest way to make mistakes is to be afraid. Don't be afraid. You don't have to be. Because you don't have anything to worry about. In 1 John 4.18, it says, There is no fear in love. Well, God is love. And He says many times over and over that He loves you. Well, 1 John 4.8, He is love. And so, perfect love, uh, that's mature love. It's not that it's faultless love. It means mature love. Mature love casts out fear. Why? Because mature love looks away from itself. Fear is a product of self-orientation. What's going to happen to me? Mature love looks away from itself. And in mature love, the number one commandment is to love God. In mature love, we're going to look at the one that we love. If I'm looking at Christ in my circumstances, His ability, His promises, His faithfulness, it doesn't matter what happens. Because He's the one who's going to control everything. So I won't even see fear. I won't even see the situation. I may be aware of circumstances, but I won't accept that those circumstances can do anything to me whatsoever because they can't. We are in Christ. Christ is in us. Nothing can touch us. I don't care how bad it is. We are in Christ. Christ is in us. Nothing can touch us. Now, tell me, what is bigger than God? So what can touch you? If I love God, if I have mature love, if I let Him love me, and then I love Him because of it, then I'm going to keep my eyes on Him, and I may be aware of my circumstance, but it's never going to be an issue. It's never going to be my focus. I may have to deal with things responsibly in the practicalities of life, but that will never become my focus. In mature love, you're going to have complete boldness and courage and no fear. Not because you're Superman. You just happen to have a really close relationship to Superman. In Romans 8.29, He who did not spare His own Son, but delivered Him up for us, 
how shall he not with him freely give us all things? Well, if I have a need and that need scares me like Saul did, he had a need and it scared him. He didn't rely on his provision. Christ is your provision. You can rely on him. He is your provision. It doesn't matter what the issue is, what the situation is. He is your provision. He is your answer. Pastor Ben, an old friend of mine, he used to say, Jesus is your answer. What is your question? Well, you can also say, Jesus is your solution. What's your problem? If you have the answer, there is really no question. And if you have the solution, there is really no problem. And so, you have that. And you have it through the promises of God. And no matter what the situation is that's in your life, in Second Chronicles 20.17, you will not have to fight this battle. God will fight it for you. Trust me, He's very faithful to do that. I've had a lot of experience with it. A lot of people have had a lot of experience with this. When something or someone comes against the believer, God goes to war. And you never have to fight battles. Somebody threatens to do something to you, you don't have to fight that battle. You just continue, you stay faithful, you keep your focus, you don't have to worry about a thing. God fights your battles. And then he says, stand still and see the salvation, the deliverance of the Lord. God will take care of it for you. You just continue. The best thing to do in a tough spot, maybe people are coming against you, maybe everything is going wrong. The best thing for you to do is you continue exactly as you always have been with Christ, making right decisions, being faithful to your call. Don't look at the circumstance. Don't look at the people. You just walk right through it. And you know what? You will walk right through it like it's not even there. Because God is faithful. Where you get in trouble is if you start looking around at the circumstance like Peter did. But even when that happened, he was faithful. He's going to be faithful to you. So you can be very bold. You can have good courage and you can be strong because you have a source for your courage and your strength. Amen? If you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior and you don't know where you're going to go when you die, simply pray, Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I receive you as my Savior. Thank you for loving me so much that you died for me so I can have eternal life with you. Amen.